Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome along to the Rugby Pass podcast. It's a Christmas edition today, the 23rd of December here in New Zealand. And uh, we're sitting in a caravan called Phoebe, a 1975 lightweight 1500, joined by Wyatt Crockett, 58 test all black, and uh, a man who likes a holiday. We're on holiday, Crocky. Thank God for that. Oh, it's fantastic, mate. Great part of the world. Probably the, the best place in the world, in my opinion. So um, it's good to be up here in Golden Bay and enjoying some sunshine. So for those of you who don't know New Zealand geography very well, Golden Bay at the top of the South Island, uh, looking across to Farewell Spit, and uh, right next to the Port Tarakohi, the old cement works, big limestone cliffs around here, a beautiful beach for the kids, and uh, our boys Crocky are currently, I think they're having a war on the beach of some description, but this is where you grew up really, this part of the world, and where you learnt your trade and played your footy, and uh, only a few kilometres up the coastline here is where your parents ran the Tukarua Bay camp. Camping ground. What a good, what a good spot to grow up. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, really. Um, and you know, good, good grounding and, and good starting point. I know um, played a lot of rugby down there at the Takaka Rugby Club and, and a little bit down at the Collingwood Rugby Club as well. So that's um, no, a great part of the world. Um, lots of beaches to run on and, and try and build up a bit of fitness and stuff in the <laughs> off season. And um, no, it's just yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. Good for the getting outside and just being a kid, really. So that's good. We're on a camping holiday, but uh, gee, it wasn't much of a holiday for you blokes this year. You think about the Super Rugby season, which is always taxing on a player, and then straight into the Welsh series here in New Zealand from an all-black point of view, and then back into the Rugby Championship and onward to the European Tour. Look, I think most people would have looked at the All Blacks through that end-of-year tour and, and noted quite reasonably that there wasn't a lot of gas left in the tank from a from a player point of view, just how difficult now is it as a professional, and you've been doing this for a long time, to go through an entire season and try to keep those fitness levels up, try to keep that energy up? Oh, it's it's really hard, and I think, um, you know, the, the All Blacks, they do a really good job of it. You know, they, obviously they realise, you know, over the last few years, number of years, they, they realise towards the end of the season the boys are, are pretty knackered, um, so they you know, put in place uh, things to try and refresh guys. And, um, you know, I know there's not much of a window, but in those little windows between uh, rugby championship and year tour, they make sure that guys are having a bit of a breather and, um, I guess, refreshing. But I, I suppose it's just that, um, 
uh, relentless nature of it. You know, Super Rugby is you know is a real grind now. Um, you know, I suppose it's probably similar to the NRL Rugby League. Um, you know, in terms of it just being a, a long competition with lots of really high intensity games. Um, <clears throat> so you know, by the time you start playing international rugby, you've you've got a lot of uh, rugby under the belt. And yeah, I suppose it, it sort of takes its toll over the season. And, and you see some guys um, by the end of the year they're they're pretty pretty much spent. So it's a matter of just trying to get the most out of them right till the end of the season, and then and then at the end of the year you have a decent break and start getting ready for the next one, I suppose. I want to talk about it's it's not just the physical demands on you guys, which we know they're intense now. I mean, you talk about the intensity of some of those clashes in Super Rugby, especially the local games between other New Zealand franchises. But I guess you can condition, so to speak, to play week in, week out footy. But then there's the mental aspect of the game as well, especially at that international level. And when you think about the All Blacks and the expectations that you guys put on yourselves, not to mention the public expectation, then the international expectation, uh, that must get very tiring. Is it more of a mental fatigue at the end of the year or is it your body just saying, I've literally and physically had enough? Oh, it's, a, it's a combination of those two and, and I don't know which one would be. But probably the mental side, as you say, would probably be slightly even more um, drained by the end of the year, I suppose. As you say, you know, there's so much expectation, and um, as a team, we we put a lot on ourselves. You know, we we set really high standards, and um, I suppose to live that at every training, making sure you're turning up, ready to go, excited, um, and you know, prepared to to train the best you possibly can. It's hard, you know, by the end of the season, um, you, you know, you've probably got to put more more effort into that uh, mental side of it to to make sure you to get up for each one of those trainings and then obviously the game more, most importantly making sure you're you know out there ready to I suppose um, put your body on the line and um, yeah it, it takes a lot of hard work and a, a lot of effort to, to get to mentally get yourself ready for those games and mm. and by the end of it, it it's um, yeah it gets harder and harder as I said yeah when we think about the end of year two of this year, you'd come into that off the back of a quite staggering rugby championship. Uh, I know that we've spoken about the expectation that you guys set, but I don't even think a wily old veteran like yourself would have thought that the transition between all of those caps that departed after the World Cup and the new blood coming into the team would have been as seamless as it looked to us watching and commenting on the games. Was there a, a kind of sense within the camp that this is a lot easier than we thought it was going to be? Uh, I don't know about a lot easier. I think I was actually I was pretty impressed with the way that the uh, I guess the leadership group and the, the senior players really stood up and um, I suppose they were really excited to, to take on that role that, that of that higher level of leadership and uh, really drive the team. I think that was, that was pretty impressive to see. And, um, and then... All these young guys that come into the team who no one really knew too much about, and they just, you know, really stepped up to the plate and, and I guess, energised the team and, and the senior players. And um, so it was pretty, it was pretty awesome to see the way the guys stepped up. But you know, in terms of the opposition, I think, you know, Australia get a bit of a hard time about the way they, you know, about the way they lost to us in England and stuff like that throughout the year. But, geez, they apart from one game against them, they were tough Test matches and. Uh, and they played some good rugby throughout the year and 
could have won a few more games as well. So I still think they're they're a real threat. And um, you know, the South Africans going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. But um, you know, the the amount of talent that they produce every year, I'm sure they'll bounce back in the next couple of years. Mm. Argentina, another one. We, we don't talk much much about the Argentinians, but they they gave the All Blacks a really good test, uh, certainly over in Buenos Aires uh, earlier in the year. Maybe not so much when they came to New Zealand, but I, I don't know, they're, they're a frustrating team in a lot of ways because you know that, that individually they've got plenty of talent, but uh, sometimes I think they just seem to just button off when really they, they had you guys especially under a lot of pressure uh, in that test match in Argentina. Yes, I think Argentina are one of those sides, they, um, what they do, what they know really well, they, they, you know, they do really, really well, like obviously their set-piece stuff, but also... Um, some of the flair that they play with and the expansive you know, nature of the way they played the game this year was, was pretty impressive and um, oh, I just think that they're, they're one of the real movers of world rugby and they're probably now um, you know, they used to have the old really good year and, and play well at World Cups whereas now they're consistently right up there probably in the top five teams in world rugby mm. so um, you know, they're probably one of the real movers you're on the Rugby Pass podcast, Christmas edition, 23rd of December, and we're joined by Wyatt Crockett this week on the Rugby Pass podcast, live from a caravan at Pohara Beach in Golden Bay at the top of the South Island of New Zealand, and the sun is shining and summer is here, and it's bloody good to see you relaxed because uh, there's a bit of an elephant in the room. We haven't spoken about one game this year, and it really was... I guess from a New Zealand rugby point of view and from an Irish rugby point of view, the talk of the town. Uh, that was Chicago. Crocky, your record is quite insane. I think in your 58 tests, you've lost once and drawn once. That's it. And you didn't play that game, which would have been disappointing for you for about 80 minutes until uh, you realised at the full-time whistle that that would have been a blot against your copybook. But <laughs> an incredible occasion and an incredible city, uh, but not the result you guys wanted. Most New Zealand fans showed some magnanimity over that result and thought, oh, well, that's kind of nice for the Irish, but that's not the way the All Blacks operated. Take us inside the sheds after that game and, and just paint us a picture, if you will, of just how despondent or disappointed the boys were. Yeah, it did right. Uh, I think, you know, if you look at the game from our perspective, obviously Ireland played really well and, and um, you know, they came into that game really well prepared for us and you know, played the house down and, and we were really disappointed about the way we played so I suppose that, that feeling in the sheds after the game was just um, was just really really disappointed, really gutted um, that we, I suppose we kind of set our you know, set the benchmark of, of making sure that we prepare the best we can for every game and um, you know, to, to go out there and put in a performance that we weren't happy with and I suppose you look back and you think well, we probably didn't get that preparation right. We got a bit distracted with what was going on in Chicago. So that, you know, it hurts the boys and, um, you know, we felt like we let ourselves down and all the rest of it. So, Because you want to be able to go and enjoy that yeah. and think that you're professional enough to switch on, switch off, go and watch some basketball, you know, get involved in the Cubs win and, and, and enjoy a city. But I guess some of the disappointment comes from the fact that if you blow it, and then you don't get the result on the weekend, then things start to tighten up next time you're in a in a city like that. Yeah, dead right. Exactly right, you know. And, um, yeah, you, you want to make the most of those opportunities when you go into different parts of the world. Um, you know, rugby's obviously um, a pretty serious business, but you've got to make sure that you uh, enjoy your downtime, relax and enjoy the moment, enjoy the opportunity to get out there and, 
and watch the watch the Cubs win the final and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I think. Um, and but as, as you say, when you don't perform after that, then uh, I think as you say, Steve won't be too um, <laughs> too happy with the boys going and watching basketball games and stuff next time we're there. So. <laughs> That's pretty annoying. You've ruined it for everyone now. They've ruined <laughs> yeah. it for everyone. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk about the season uh, in general because, you know, the staggering thing about rugby these days is that, you know, you as All Blacks are still on tour playing your last test against the French and already your teammates at Super Rugby are a week into pre-season. Uh, there is just no respite. And, and even though we're sitting here on holiday at the moment, you know that you've got to be training, you've got to be keeping your base fitness up, and it's only uh, a couple of weeks later you're going to be back in that mixer as well. You don't want to let the team down. Mm. Uh, I mean, some of these guys have been playing rugby. It just seems like straight for 13 months, whether they're training, mm. playing ITM Cup or Mitre 10 Cup rugby, Super Rugby, being called into a Māori side or the or the juniors or the All Blacks. I mean, it is, it's a staggering workload. Yeah. Are we throwing too much at our players at the moment in terms of what's expected of them and what's required from a fitness and training point of view? Um, yeah, it's a hard one. I, I, I suppose as a player, you you can't really worry about that too much. You've just got to get on with it. And um, from my perspective, I try and uh, make the most of those mental breaks. You know, those little short breaks throughout the season and then have a, have a decent... Um, a decent break. That's why I come up here and um, and get away from everything. And well, Ethan, Ethan Jack has joined us for a water balloon fight. This is uh, the Christmas podcast, and uh, Ethan Stevenson, who's covered in sand, has walked into the caravan, and he's uh, he's ready for a water balloon fight. You can grab the water balloon, son. They're just on the bench there, mate, right in front of you. You can look down if you like, and you'd see them. You can grab those, and there he goes, Crocky. There, there he goes. <laughs> a podcast appearance from my son uh, here at Christmas time. But you know, you're right. It, it is about players getting on with the job. But I just, I just fear sometimes that you know, we just demand so much of them, and scissors as well. You want scissors? Okay, <laughs> we can get some scissors, mate. Go and ask Mum. She'll open those for you. Where you go. Perfect. Thanks, matey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, yeah, there's no doubt. But, um, yeah, as I said, from a player's perspective, we just, I guess you try and make sure that you, you take those short breaks and refresh in those. And, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a challenge, but you, you just got to work your way through it in your own way um, and deal with that's just sort of life as a rugby player, you know. Um, in a perfect world, there'd be a bit more of an off-season and guys will get a chance to to have a complete break and then build into it with a with a good preseason, but um, you know, unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. <laughs> Especially when your son interrupts the podcast. <laughs> December twenty third, the Rugby Pass podcast, joined by special guest Wyatt Crockett from a caravan called Phoebe at the top of the South Island, Port Harder Beach, and. Let's talk about highlights for you. Is there, is there one game or one moment for you this year, Crocky, that, that stood out for you and, and I guess re-energised you? As I said, you've been doing this a long time now. This will be your, I think, 12th year of Super Rugby um, coming up in 2017. So you've you've been through the highs and you've been through the lows, but everyone needs a moment that, that gives them that feeling that, yeah, I, this is why I love this game. What What was that for you this year? I think it was probably the, the game against Australia in Sydney. Um, yeah, just the way that the way that we played came out, and um, I suppose dominated that game right from the start. It was yeah, it was an enjoyable game to be a part of, and I suppose as you said earlier on, you know, losing all those players, there's a little bit of the unknown going into the season, and then to come out and do that was kind of like, yeah, we're ready to carry on, and and, and I suppose. 
try and go even better and, and go to places we haven't even been before. So mm. that was kind of like, that was probably the most exciting thing for me and enjoyable part of the season. And yeah, it was it was, it was pretty cool, cool game to be a part of, really. Crusaders next year have a new captain. Kieran Reid has been uh, told to concentrate on the all-black job and, and a real departure from what we've become used to, especially in, in your franchise and the Crusaders. Sam Whitelock gets the gig. Uh, it's an interesting move and you've got a new coach as well. Does that go some way to keeping you uh, mentally fresh, knowing that you're going to have a new leader, even though you know Sam very well, and a new coach, even though you know Razor Robertson very well? Does, does that sort of thing always encourage a player to come back better than ever, to, to really take advantage of the change? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, for us, for us older guys in, in the team, it's, um, you know, it's really exciting to go back and have some fresh ideas because I suppose when you have been close but haven't quite achieved your, your goal of, of winning Super Rugby for a number of years, um, you know, it, it can get pretty frustrating and you can get a little bit bogged down by that. But um, having, having a new group, um, have, well, you know, a new coaching group and a new, I suppose, a new captain. And um, over the last few years, we've had a lot of new players and stuff. But having that new sort of leadership and direction within the team is, is really exciting and um you know, I know that when I go back, I've got to make sure I'm I'm ready to go and in good nick. And uh, because you know, new coaching team that they, they're you know starting from fresh. So um, if you're not if you're not in the best shape you can possibly be, then you won't get picked. Yeah. Uh, I've still got to build up that I suppose that um, that trust from the coaches and the rest of it. So um, as a player, yeah, certainly on I'll be on the edge of my toes and 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 making sure that I'm doing everything right when I get back. Yeah. One final uh, question for you, Crocky, as we uh, break for Christmas here on the Rugby Pass podcast. Um, little tour coming to New Zealand next year. You wouldn't be overly excited about that, would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose 2005 when I played my first uh, ITM or NPC game, um, the Lions were here on tour and um, that was pretty awesome to watch. And obviously they didn't play Canterbury back then and, and that was uh, a little bit disappointing. And I sort of thought, well, 12 years down the down the line, I don't know if I'll get a crack at these guys. So um, they're playing against the Crusaders, which is exciting, and, and, then, and then the All Blacks. So it's certainly a team that I'd love to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, I suppose for a New Zealander, it might even be more special than, than for the from the British guys, you know, because for us it's once every 12 years, so it's a once-in-a-career opportun- opportunity to play against them. And um, I suppose it's... Yeah, you know, next to a World Cup, it's um, it's something pretty bloody special, and I know that the guys will be, um, you know, pretty keen to get involved and be a part of that team, and it's going to be a hell of a challenge the way that all the Northern Hemisphere teams have been playing over the last year mm-hmm. or so. They've all really stepped up, and um, so yeah, it's probably probably going to be the toughest line series ever, I, I, I think, and um, you know, something that you want to be a part of, yeah. I hope you're a part of it, mate. Yeah. It's going to be good to watch. And I'm looking forward to the Lions being down here. It's been great to bring you the podcast this year on Rugby Pass, rugbypass.com. For all your footy needs and plenty more footy coming up over the break as well with all the British and French footy in full swing and the Hong Kong Premiership as well. So we'll keep an eye on those results for you. We'll be back in the new year with another pod. And, uh, Crocky, I think we've got a job to do now because uh, our sons are about to go and do Battle Royale with water balloons. <laughs> I'm staying out of the way. Can you just shield me? Yeah, I'll get in your way, mate. Thanks very much for having 
join us. It's been, been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. We'll see you. Have a very Merry Christmas from all of us at Rugby Pass and catch you in the new year.